We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Fun, entertaining, knowledgeable. All right. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Live and local, it's time for the Fan Morning Show with Bart Winkler. Good morning, everybody. I'm Bart Winkler. That is Toby Altizer inside the Lakeland University Studios. Earn co-op credit for work experience at lakeland.edu. Lots going on this weekend. The NBA Finals will wrap up at some point. The NHL Stanley Cup starts tonight. And you've got the U.S. Open, which is riveting with what's happened in golf the last couple of really months, weeks, even days. Plus, the Brewers suck. Nick Costos, you better you bet, joins us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Good morning, Nick. How are you? What's going on, brother? How you doing? Uh, good. I was very good, very good on Friday night, and I was very good on Monday night after my beloved Warriors have seemingly taken control of the series. But, you know, just when you want to write off teams in the NBA, there's still a little life in them. Celtics do kind of look tired. I would say they're still going to start like 22 to 5, like they always do. So, my only thing that I've been saying bet wise is take the home team first to 10. That seems to be hitting a lot. I got to think, though, that. I mean, obviously, it's do or die for Boston, but am I a little overconfident that I think the Warriors can wrap it up tomorrow? Um, I, I listen. I, I think anything certainly can happen. Like, I, I never say anything's a lock. Um, I really like Boston tomorrow night. Um, and I would have liked Golden State if the Celtics had won Game Five. And we said this on the show. Um, on when was the game played? What was it? Monday, a couple yeah, days ago. Monday. Um, on Monday that. You know, whoever wins tonight, we're going to zigzag in game number six, and we're going to bet the opposite here. So if Boston had won, it's basically like I, I still think the Celtics are going to win the series because I think I do think Boston's better. We had Brian Scalabrini on the show yesterday, um, Odyssey Sports NBA insider, former NBA champion with the Celtics, and and he watches games differently than like I do, and and I'm and I'm just going to say like probably a lot of people do, where like I'm watching them being well, the Celtics suck, they're playing terribly, and he's watching it going well, they're doing something they shouldn't be doing. 
Um, he thought they played way too much ISO ball and played into the hands of the Golden State Warriors. And I asked Scal, like, what's the adjustment that needs to be made in this game? Like, what's the, like, the key to the game? And he said, honestly, just the Celtics doing what they do. And he even said, it sounds like a stupid answer, but, like, it's really the truth. Like, they need to stop complicating things because they're better. Like, they're more physical. They're more athletic. Um, they're, they're, I, I don't know if they're deeper, but, like, I, I think the Celtics are better than the Warriors. Just a, And Golden State's been able to get this done on the strength of some unbelievable Steph Curry games. And Guile really, like, how the hell did the Celtics lose on Monday night when Steph Curry goes overnight from downtown and scores 16 points? It's a terrible, terrible loss by the Celtics that has the Warriors on the precipice of a title. Um, and Boston generally, like, and we've seen this in the postseason, you know, series against the Nets notwithstanding, where, like, they, they swept Brooklyn. It's a terrible performance by Brooklyn, where Boston has kind of shot itself in the foot over and over and over again over the course of this postseason. And Boston really plays its best when it's backs against the wall, whether it's Game 7 against Miami blowing the 3-2 lead. Then they've got to go on the road and they've got to win. You know, blowing the lead Game 5 against the Bucks, obviously, at home in the Eastern Conference mm. Final. Tatum drops 40 in Game 6, and then they win Game 7. So now we're in a spot where Boston's back is against the wall here. So I'm not shocked they lost Game 5, but I am expecting them to win, and i like them to cover for sure coming up tomorrow night in Game 5. Um, I bet 3.5 yesterday. I'm guessing this is going to – I can tell you what the line is right now. Uh, it's 4. I, I think that's fine. Maybe this gets bet out a little more. I think it's fine. I love Boston. And then, uh, and then I, I like Boston on Sunday in Game 7 if and when they get there, but it's not going to be like – best bet status or anything. I do think that this is a really good bet, though, coming up tomorrow night, the Celtics in, uh, in Game 6. You know, it's been interesting about the series is with the Warriors. They have, like, a couple of guys that are playing well enough to get the win. They they have, like, if Clay can struggle or Steph can struggle, well, then Wiggins takes over and has this great night on the national stage. It seems like with the Celtics, if a couple of guys are struggling, they're all struggling. They got nothing out of their bench on Monday, the bench that destroyed Milwaukee four of those games so that's always comforting uh to see not so that's where boston needs to step up i think this is huge for jason tatum if jason tatum's going to try to channel kobe and text a random number that's probably out of service by now and try to dress like him he's got to step up if he's got this mamba mentality he's got to step up and take these games over i just think that tatum in this i, I thought if if the celtics win this playoffs i said this at the beginning where tatum goes through the nets and then presumably Giannis, and then the Heat, and then let's say the Warriors or even the Suns, this is going to be the summer of Jason Tatum. This is going to be Jason Tatum's summer. He's a new face of the league. He and Deuce can go wherever they want. But I think in this series, while he's performed well, I think he's too passive for me, man. Like, he just waits too much for Mamba mentality. He waits too much for the ball to come to him. And I think Jalen Brown's been their better player. Well, I, I, the last point, I agree with literally everything you said up until the last part. I don't think Brown's been the better player. Brown, like, can't, Brown can't dribble. He, he's constantly losing the ball and turning it over. He was terrible in game five. I mean, Brown has been good at points in the series. I thought he's been bad, but I, I, I think Tatum has been the better player over the course of the series. But, I mean, I, I literally agree with everything else you said. There are rumblings that Tatum's hurt. And, like, we saw this in the Miami series, and we saw this um, at the beginning of game number five, where he's got, he's got a shoulder issue. Like, I, I really think, like, that's kind of the explanation for why he's not being more aggressive. Now, what Scal kind of said yesterday with us was, you know, if you're Tatum and your shoulder's messed up, stop settling for long jumpers. Like, get to the basket. You know, he's, he should be able to beat whoever's in front of him off the dribble and get to the basket. He's like a top-five player in the league, like two-way player when he's on. So I, I really think that we're going to see Boston get back to basics tomorrow night. 
And I think you're going to see Tatum driving to the basket more, stop settling for the three-pointer, stop, especially stop settling for the long two, which is such like a minus EV shot at this point, like um, where professional basketball is like in its, uh, in its evolution right now. So I think you'll see a more aggressive Tatum coming up tomorrow night, um, and I do think that he will lead the Celtics to a victory. Now, whether or not they can win in Game 7, again, I'm not as confident in that, although I would pick the Celtics to win the game, but I do think he plays well coming up tomorrow night. And I do agree with you that like if – He's going to ascend to like this rarefied air that we think he might be able to. Like, got to show up and show out in the next two games. Honestly, like, it's going to go the other way. Like, the narrative is going to be Tatum's not ready yet. Like, Tatum's never going to get there. Yeah. Like, it's going to be it's going to be Steph. Like, now we can have a conversation that Steph's like, which is like an insane conversation because Steph's already there. But you know what it's going to be that like, well, now Steph's there. Steph has ascended like to this even like a greater plane now with a Finals MVP. And, and Wiggins is not going to win finals MVP. You'd have to thread an unbelievable needle to get there. That Steph is going to win fourth ring, first finals MVP, and then Tatum didn't get one. That's going to be your storyline heading into And also the Suns. Who, by the way, had like COVID in game seven, and like no one talks about that, which is insane to me. But anyway, yeah, those will be your stories. Yeah, well, the Suns get bounced, and it's like, oh, we had COVID. And now Tatum's I mean, struggling. Did, though, and now right? it's I mean, like, oh, like he's hurt. What's that? I mean, they probably did have COVID. They lost by, like, 90 to the Mavericks in that game. They probably did. Yeah, how did we not at the time watch that game? We were just like, oh, well, the Suns are magically bad now. How did no one think, maybe they have COVID because they are not playing oh, Chris well. Paul's a choke artist, man. That's probably been like, oh, well, it's a Chris Paul team choking in game seven. What a shock. But, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, yeah, my opinion, I think the Suns and the Bucks were the two best teams, and we lost. We lost that because the Suns allegedly had COVID, which I believe, based on how they played, and that Middleton got hurt. Otherwise, we'd have Suns Bucks again in the NBA Finals. Hey, the uh, Stanley Cup starts tonight. I don't know who to root for or take, but it should be maybe a good series. I don't know. Tampa Bay looking to win their third straight. Anything you like in this one? Well, yeah, I, I would just say this for people, and like I, I, again, like I'll just offer this disclaimer: like I am not hockey guy. I don't watch hockey in the regular season. I'm not the guy begging you to watch the sport. I don't care if people do or not. But I'll say this for sports fans: like this is as good a Stanley Cup matchup as we've had. I, I don't know. It feels almost like maybe since like that Penguins Red Wing series when they played twice at, in, uh, in 2008 and 2009. Like this is a it's a spectacular Stanley Cup final. You've got Colorado, one of the best offensive teams we've seen in a really long time. Um, like it finally got over the hump and got to the Stanley Cup final with like some generational offensive players, including one on defense in Kale McCarr, who might be like one of the great players we've ever seen. Nathan McKinnon's great too, against the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team that's won back to back Stanley Cups, a team with a goaltender and Andre Vasilevsky, who's ascended to that rarefied air. Like he's there basically now with like Hashik and Martin Brodeur and Patrick Waugh, except he never has playoff stinkers like those guys did. It's pretty unbelievable here. So you've got. The, upstart, the young upstart offensive juggernaut in Colorado against the two-time like grizzled defending champions with one of the best goaltenders of all time. So this is like a really great like styles make fights. This is going to be an awesome, awesome series to watch as a neutral as a viewer. So I encourage everybody to check it out. As far as betting goes, um, I think Tampa's like the only bet to make both in Game One and for the series. I'll talk about the series in a second. But as far as Game One tonight goes, you know we saw this with the Rangers and the Lightning when they played Game One of the Eastern Conference Finals. Tampa had swept Florida in the second round. The Rangers went seven with Carolina. And this is not a situation in hockey where you can say, well, this team's coming off a long layoff. The rest is good for them. We favor them. Kind of like history kind of shows that long layoffs in the NHL playoffs are not great. We are also awaiting news on Braden Point, who's one of Tampa's best players. He hasn't played since uh, since the Toronto series in the first round. 
He's been skating with the power play. I think he's probably going to play tonight. That is a major, major, major boost for Tampa. And also, like, Colorado's goaltending isn't great. So Colorado right now is about minus 150. And I think that's an okay price if this weren't game one and you wouldn't give Tampa that advantage with Colorado coming off the layoff here. I think this should honestly be closer to a coin flip. So I like Tampa a lot coming up in game number one. And as far as the series goes, like, I'll keep this as simplistic as possible. And I actually think this is the best way to break it down. Tampa's got the best goaltender, by far, right? Tampa's goalie is significantly better than Colorado's goalie. Tampa's battle-tested. Colorado hasn't done it. Like, Tampa plus money, like, I understand it's simple, but, like, it's, it's really as easy as that. Like, I'd rather have my money on one of, like, the best 10 goalies we've ever seen against this slap, you know, curtain-jerking jabroni goalie that Colorado's throwing out there <laughs> right now. So give me Tampa to win the Stanley Cup. I haven't watched much hockey, but just that goalie assessment alone, I'm – I'm going to be plugged into the Stanley Cup. I, uh, I'm i interested. Yeah, like, seriously, it's like Colorado, like 10 out of 10 offense versus 10 out of 10 goalie. Like, it's really going to be fun. Nice. Uh, the thing I'm really looking forward to is this U.S. Open. And I want to ask you from the perspective of, like, you know, betting, because that's what you do. But the big storyline is obviously you've got all these live golf guys, and then you've got the PGA guys. Is there any part of you – that is swayed in any way based on you think they'll do better or you think they'll do worse. But the fact that there's all this drama and, you know, golf is like juicy right now. Does that factor in at all when you're looking at this individual tournament or can you look at it more in a bubble? Oh, well, it, it does a little bit and it's, it's less in the direction that I think you were like that you were asking the question um, with, which is like towards the live guys. And I would actually take it more towards the PGA guys. And I'll, I'll start with the guy at the top of the odds board. And I generally like, and this is kind of like how golf betters bet for the most part. We talked about this yesterday on You Better You Bet. You'll never really see, like, like and, I, and I do not claim to be one of these guys. Like, professional, the best golf bettors out there, like, generally never hammer, like, the guys at the top of the odds boards, like, 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 like the big favorites in tournaments here. I generally don't either. Like, you're looking for value. You're looking for, like, someone in, like, the middle tier that you think could potentially win, like the Will Zalatoris All-Stars. Like, that group, generally, just mm-hmm. everyone bets Will Zalatoris in every tournament, basically. Um, Rory McIlroy is your favorite in this tournament here. Rory coming off the win at the RBC Canadian. And Rory basically going, like, full WWE and taking shots at Greg Norman, right? Greg Norman, who's like heading up live golf, like PGA tour legend who had 20 PGA tour wins in his storied career with his win at the RBC Canadian Rory now has 21 and Rory's taking shots at Greg Norman going, I now I have one more than Norman. So it's almost like he has like taken up this position, whether like genuine or not. And I don't think like he's doing it like disingenuously, like he's trying to like, fake people out i think like he's trying to pump himself up he's like mr pga tour right now this reminds me of like when hacksaw jim duggan would face nikolai volkov in the 80s and like wwf and everyone would be chanting usa it's like rory wants people to chant pga when he's out there so he's like (laughs) captain pga right now and like i actually think that this could carry him to a championship here so i never bet guys that are favorites usually in golf I'll have a ticket on Rory McIlroy coming up this week. As far as the live guys, which is like Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, and others, they are playing in this because it's a major. So it's not like the PGA Tour can be like, you can't play. So they're going to play in this event here. Like, Dustin's 28 to 1, Bryson's 100 to 1. 
I consider a bet on Bryson, never Dustin Johnson. Bryson won the U.S. Open at Wingfoot a couple years ago. The U.S. Open plays differently than any of these other major tournaments. Like, it's a lot harder. The courses are a lot more difficult, where you'll see guys finish around par as opposed to, like, 19 under, right? And Bryson was able to devise a game plan at Wingfoot a couple years ago. And I think uh, some uh, mental, mental calisthenics or arithmetic will be required here. And I think Bryson could be up to the task. I'm not going to put a ton of money on it, but I'll have a ticket on Bryson at 100 to 1. Otherwise, guys that I'm looking at, Jordan Spieth, who's been on a great run of form. Spieth is about 25 to 28 to 1. If you're going to give me Colin Morikawa at like 28 to 1, I'm going to take that. And, uh, and I love Japan, and I always bet on Hideki Matsuyama. So give me Hideki Matsuyama also at 40 to 1. But uh, that's, that's more just me liking Hideki. So I'm not necessarily advocating for people to make that bet. Do you think that comes down to like Rory and DJ or Rory and Bryson or Rory and Reed, whoever, any PGA guy versus a live guy? Do you think the fans care enough to go with Rory and champ PGA and boo the other guy? Well, let me ask you that. What do you think? I think they're getting booed. I guess, I, I, it's going to be amazing. Like, I hope golf has more juice right now than it has probably since, like, when we were coming out of the pandemic and it was, yeah. like, just golf. Yeah. Like, and everyone was watching golf every week. This is the most juice golf has had. If we get, like, a final showdown of, like, Rory and Dustin Johnson, oh or, like, that, that is going to be unbelievable theater on Sunday. That would be so sick if that happened. And, of course, Dustin Johnson is going to get booed if that happens. And it would be, it would be like WWE. It'd be unbelievable. I hope that happens. It would be great. Oh, man. It'd be like, it's like, because it's not on there. The, Dustin Johnson is essentially on the road. It's like a it's like a home road it's a road game, correct? Oh God, you're exactly I hope right it, about that. I hope it comes down to that. All right, Nick, always good to talk to you. We'll talk some NBA draft next week. Oh, looking, looking forward, forward to that. It. By the way, NBA draft is uh is what one week from tomorrow. Yeah. How exciting is that? Yeah, it'll be a great betting event. Uh, until then, wishing you and your listeners minimal sweats. When minimal, can I get this right? Minimal sweats, winning bets, and the absolute very best of luck. Got it that time. Hey, you wouldn't be on the radio if you couldn't talk. I got whatever. <laughs> All right. See you, buddy. All right. Bye. Nick Costos, you better, you bet, joining us. Great Midwest Bank hotline. Now I have to nail my portion of this. If you're applying for a home renovation loan and you're a bit anxious, breathe and let Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of banquility. Get started at greatmidwestbank.com today. I did it. Thank you. Paul Imig, you better, you bet. Now I screwed up. <laughs> Paul Emig, he's, not, he's just a buddy. We'll do some mm mm-hmm, mm mm. You better, you bet, Paul Emig. Mm mm. Talk to Paul next. I think this song's about heroin. Yeah. He wants something else. Third Eye Blind. You know what I missed over the weekend? I'm Bart Winkler. That's uh, Toby Altizer. And Paul Emig, our good, good buddy. Hey, buddy. Can we just keep singing this song? When I'm with you, I feel like I could die, and that would be all right, all right. Wow, you should have been in a band in the early 2000s. And when the plane came in, she said she was crashing. But yes, it is about what you said it was about. I missed uh, Eve 6, played in Fond du Lac. <laughs> I only know that because I saw your retweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Walleye Weekend is this event. You know, every town's got their little festival. And Fondy does a thing called Walleye Weekend at the park in the beginning of June. And when everybody in, in Fond du Lac thinks Walleye Weekend is the biggest thing to ever exist. We basically think it's Summerfest. 
Okay. Like everybody knows about it. If you go five miles outside of Fond du Lac, they've never heard of it. But okay. Eve, Eve Six was one of the headliners this weekend, and he tweeted, or the guy, taking a S in a porta potty before I rock the F out of Fond du Lac, Wisconsin. <laughs> and he spelled Fond du Lac F O N D U L A Q. Yeah. Which I kind of like better. It's the French version. Yeah, so I I missed Eve Six this weekend. The old, I know uh, you're kind of mocking that, but like I would I would listen to Inside Out live in the year 2022 and and feel really good about it. The old um, story with Wally Weekend is we were supposed to in Fond du Lac have Smash Mouth on one summer. They oh, were the boy. headliner, but then after they got booked, they blew up Smash Mouth on top of the world, and then they canceled on the little old festival in Fond du Lac. And so the town of Fond du Lac has had an anti-Smash Mouth agenda ever since. The good news is you can book them quite easily now. Yeah, the good, the good news is they're dying to get hammered on stages at small towns throughout uh, Wisconsin. So, Well, no, they, they, uh, they kicked the lead singer out, I read, after that performance that went viral. Oh, he's out-out? He's out-out. Now the guitarist sings and plays guitar, yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right, it's time for mm-hmm-mm-mm. Paul will ask us some questions, and we'll all go around the horn and say yes or no in a very, very sensual way. I don't know how expressive I can be with my mm-hmm and mm-hms today as my whole body is sore. I don't know why. It's because he ran an 8-8-40 up in Green Bay this week. I did run Paul. an 8-8-40 at Tidal I knew you Town. went to the Tidal Town thing. I did not know you ran the 40 or your embarrassing time that you should not have Well, I did it in bare feet. So that's okay. at least two seconds. Two? No, it's not two seconds. <laughs> but everywhere on me is sore. My back is sore. My neck is sore. My my wrist is sore. Don't get it twisted. Both wrists are sore. Don't get it double twisted. I'm just sore. I don't know. So we'll see. We'll see what I can do. All right, take it I away. Gotta, I got well, I got to get you on my Tabata or Tabata, however you pronounce it, workout plan where you do four minutes of intense exercise. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I'll get in touch with you about that. All right, cool. That sounds good, buddy. Hey, do you guys want to do uh, some MLB Brewers or some NBA Bucks, like comp with a slash in between the two? Uh, How much, you got to start with the Bucks. Oh, I was gonna say Brewers. How much more can we talk about this Brewers team? Are they bad right now? Mm-hmm. All right, we're we're. I think we can move on at least. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, <laughs> we got a whole summer of this, Toby. So. <laughs> don't, yeah, don't grab on the Brewers just quite yet. Well, I haven't given up, but either way. Okay. Hey, Toby says Bucks. It's Toby's show. Toby's show. <laughs> Toby Altizer featuring Bart Winkler, so we will start there. But we're going to start in a way, Bart, that I think you'll be okay with. If the Warriors win the title and we reflect on their championship team 10 to 20 years from now, we should be thinking of Andrew Wiggins as the second best Warriors player during the 2021-22 season. Not just the finals or playoffs, but the totality of the full season. Best player on the Warriors, Steph Curry. Second best player, Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. It's a good question. Uh, it's not Clay. It has not been Clay. And he, he didn't come back until, like, game 50 or 40 or something. Yep. My Draymond love in me wants me to say Draymond. Keep in mind, Draymond missed, like, two, like a third you of the regular season. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. He, he started the All-Star game. And he bailed their ass out on Monday night. So, yeah, he's been the second-best player in the series, but he's probably been their second-best. Well, Jordan Poole had a really good run. 
But for the consistency that Wiggins has had, I, I would give it to Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Toby, when we reflect on this Warriors team, especially if they win the title, we'll look back and say the totality of the 100 games or whatever it ends up being, regular season plus postseason, it'll be Steph Curry as their best player, obviously, and Andrew Wiggins should be thought of during this season, not careers or any of the other stuff this season, as the Warriors' second best player this year. Andrew Wiggins, mm-hmm, or mm-mm. Mm-hmm, yeah, absolutely. I don't think there's anyone that's necessarily reached up and grabbed that crown as the second best player on the Warriors this year. Wiggins is making Warriors fans say, KD who? <laughs> sure, okay. <laughs> All right, if they're saying that, then they're as delusional as anyone else in the sports world. But, yeah, I mean, absolutely. There's no – I don't know that anyone's taken a grasp on it. I don't know that Wiggins is necessarily – you know, a, a definitive number two uh, on the Warriors this year. But some of the other guys, Jordan Poole, I think, is someone you could have a conversation about. I don't know that you could say Draymond. Like you said, Clay missed time. But even so, Clay hasn't been the Clay Thompson that we know and love from years previous. So I would think it's got to be Andrew Wiggins, especially after what you saw him do in Game 5. Yeah, it was between Bielitsa and Wiggins. No, it's so, I mean... Draymond played only 46 regular season games. Clay played 32. That's, you know, that's a significant. I mean, for Clay, it's more than half, but we knew that was going to come. But Draymond missed nearly half, and that was un- unexpected. I think it's obviously Wiggins. I mean, I would certainly, if I was like Detroit or San Antonio or some team with cap space, and I'm a young team that's not going to compete yet, I'd be all over Jordan Poole with offer sheets, with max offer sheets, and, and all of that. Um, because of the future that Jordan Poole could bring. And he has had really, really good stretches. And some uh, gifts on, and memes on the bench, which is uh, perhaps what Jordan Poole will, will be rem- remembered more for. Uh, but no, I, I think it's obviously Andrew Wiggins. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Man, Poole, though, hitting those shots at the end of the third quarter twice. Yeah, he is. Yep. He's Nick Costos, we just talked to Nick. He still feels pretty good about the Celtics winning the series. I think it's just that East Coast bias in him. I think he just wants Horvat to be $3,500 wealthier. Yeah, everybody's all rooting for Horvat. Horvat ain't giving you any of that money. No. But also, your brother's not giving you a ring, even though he'll have six of them by the time he retires. Yeah, let's think about my brother. He gets a share of the finals pool. Does he really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I mean, he's, you know. Good thing you got that Warriors job and not... You know, some mediocre franchise. When we so, succeed in this business, we get we get something. I took uh, second place social media, and I got a I got a nice company wide email. Oh, that's awesome, dude! Congratulations. Probably pretty much the same yeah. standard as as getting a share of the NBA Finals pool. Yeah. All right, this is going to turn into a Bucks question, but I want to start here. You're the Jazz, and you're ready to split up Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. And you have the following two trades on the table. And, yes, these are real trade offers being reported by NBA Beat guys. Gobert to the Hawks for Capella, John Collins, and the 16th pick. Or you can trade Mitchell to the Heat for Tyler Hero, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, P.J. Tucker, and three first-round picks. You would go ahead and do the Gobert trade, keep Mitchell, and build around Mitchell, Capella, Collins, etc. You would trade Gobert for that package, keep Mitchell. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. I'm going to have you uh, – I, I heard it. I'm ready to answer. But as a as a courtesy to the listeners, I will have you throw those out one more time. Rudy Gobert to the Hawks for Clint Capella, John Collins, and the 16th pick. Or Donovan Mitchell to the Heat for Tyler Hero, Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, P.J. Tucker, and three first-round picks. 
you got to do one of those because Gobert and Mitchell hate each other. They got to be split up. That's well known. You would do the Gobert trade. You would trade Gobert for Capella, Collins, and uh, and a sixteen and the sixteenth overall pick to the Hawks, and keep Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Well, I would or, not mm-hmm. do the Gobert trade if I was the Hawks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I'm the Jazz and that's on the table, I take that yesterday. The Mitchell trade is garbage. For who? Mitchell for the Heat's scrubs. Tyler Hero's a scrub. I don't know. Dude got didn't play in the playoffs because he sexed out his groin. Hey, he just posted with his girl the other day. Yeah, when was that picture from? Three first-round picks you get in that deal, too. I claim Photoshop. And you get your boy P.J. Tucker. She commented on it. Yeah, she got hacked. (laughs) No, I mean, they have to break them up, sure, and also they're not winning with them anyway. But, man, if I'm the the Jazz, like John Collins, remember that two-month stretch where he was like that dude? Yeah. I like John Collins a lot. And Clint Capella had the same. And then you get a pick to get rid of Gobert. Gobert, who cries every time they're down two points. Get out, get him out of there. Yeah, if I'm the Jazz, I don't even need the pick. Just get me out of there. Give me John Collins for Gobert. Get him yeah. out of there. Toby, you agree, mm-hmm, Orton, that you would do that Gobert trade to the Hawks, keep Mitchell and not do the Heat trade? Mm-hmm, Orton. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I love Donovan Mitchell. The Mitchell trade's garbage. I dude. cannot stand Rudy Gobert, but I'm going to disagree with you, Bart. Mm-mm. No, I would do that Donovan Mitchell trade. It's not just scrubs. You get Tyler Hero, and yeah. you get three first-round picks. Now, what am I going to do with those other guys? I don't know. I might just cut all of them. Who knows? I might. Max, get... come on. Don't don't say that about Max Struess, Duncan Robinson, and P.J. Tucker. They're not going to. P.J. Tucker, for sure. Jeez, I come off as a P.J. Tucker hater. I don't hate P.J. Tucker, but he's not giving me anything. He could be goodbye. Struess and Duncan Robinson can ride the pine if need be, or if the, if I need them to come on the floor, that's fine, whatever. They're not going to be anything focal points. But you give me Tyler Hero and three first-round picks for Donovan Mitchell, and I just have to take on those other contracts to make it work, I probably would do that over – like, I, I get what you're saying, Bart, and you keep Donovan Mitchell, a guy that's pretty established. You'd get John Collins, who – still could be something really special in that sort of role with a guy like Donovan Mitchell. And then you add in Clint Capella and a pick. And so that is pretty pretty tempting because I think the value in that one might be better to an extent. But three first-round picks, it's hard to say no, and you're getting Tyler Hero too. Yeah, none of those first-round picks are going to probably be anything better than number 20, but it's still... You know, it's draft capital. It's something you can do it with. And, Bart, I would disagree about, you know, your take on the, the Hawks should not do that. They need to do something, right? Trey Young, for as good as he is, is a zero on defense. Capella and John Collins can kind of play together and can kind of help some of the deficiencies that Trey Young has on defense. But, you know, you're kind of having Gobert come in and do for you in Atlanta, theoretically, what he's been doing for the Jazz, which is cover for your defense zero guards donovan mitchell or trey young and they need to do something because the hawks after being in the eastern conference finals completely fell apart so i guess i i understand both of these trades for all the sides involved if i was the jazz i would do the rudy trade get out from the gobert contract by the way in like three years gobert a center who has pretty much no offensive game outside of three feet from the rim is going to be making 48 million dollars in one season 
Rudy Gobert. Oh man, it's guaranteed money too, man. Yuck. Good, so good I would get. Up, I, I don't. I don't dislike the Donovan Mitchell trade, but I. Uh, I would take the Gobert trade. So how about this then? Uh, if the Jazz, this is something I heard on the Bill Simmons podcast. If the Jazz called the Bucks and offered Donovan Mitchell straight up for Drew Holiday, John Horst should immediately hang up the phone. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. The Jazz call the Bucks and offer Donovan Mitchell straight up for Drew. John Horst should immediately hang up the phone. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. Well, no, not immediately. Okay. God, Donovan Mitchell, huh? Let so me just I don't... tease you while you think about well, it. No. I'll tell you that, that Bill Simmons' answer was immediately hang up the phone. Immediately. Here's, here's what I don't like. I don't like these hypotheticals about... About Middleton, Drew, and Giannis. I don't even want to explore them. You know, I was doing a show this week. I did a hit where they asked me, would you trade like Middleton and Drew for Lillard? And I like, I don't even want, I don't want to do these questions. Oh, come on. This is fun. This is all hypothetical and I, but fun. But Drew and Chris and Giannis are the Bucks. That's yeah, the but core. They're also, but they're also, keep in mind, like Drew especially is like, Five years older than Giannis. So, again, I'm not trying well, to tell you what Mitchell. my answer is. Donovan Mitchell, people don't know this, was old enough to be a 10-year-old during the decision. He was there? He was there with the Boys and Come Girls on. Club, yeah. I feel like that should have been a bigger story. He was there. Um, so, again, I, I would just say, like, just while you while you ponder, I mean, Donovan Mitchell well, What I'm up- pondering is I'm trying to think of the Celtics series, and if the Bucks didn't have Drew and they had Donovan Mitchell instead – did they win that series with an injured Middleton? And I might say that they did. Ooh. I mean, Drew struggled. But then you had nobody running the point. I mean, you're not going to start George Hill for 35 minutes, and Bud didn't want to play Javon Carter for whatever reason. I don't know, man. I. So you're definitely saying, mm-mm, to hanging up the phone immediately, and you're actually, you're, you know, you're pondering the deal for real. Well, I, I think the other thing, too, is that we always like other people's guys. Like, I, Drew Holiday is huge for this team. Oh, yeah, for Defensively, sure. Defensively, offensively, what he can create. And I, I don't think that he still gets the level of respect that he should. And for it whatever takes a reason. level of, like, a Donovan Mitchell being dangled here to even. Because if we had right. Donovan Mitchell and they had Drew Holiday, we'd probably want to, we'd probably want to get Drew. Everybody <laughs> wanted Drew for, for five years, Bucks fans wanted Drew. Yeah, and then they got him, and then they win a title. Now they're like, "Well, can we get Lillard? Can, can we get somebody else?" I don't know. I just hate doing any of these hypotheticals. I'm not gonna say immediately. I'll say, "Well, what else you want to give me?" And then I'll hang up. They also want to give you Gobert, and they don't want anything else in return. They just also you have to take Gobert. <laughs> just kidding. All right, Toby. <laughs> The Jazz called the Bucks and offered Mitchell straight up for Drew. John Horst should immediately hang up the phone. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. Mm-mm. No, I'm in the same sort of boat as Bart. It would be really tough to kind of break up this core that has won an NBA Finals and probably could have been right there again if Middleton wasn't injured. But it would be nice to have someone just in the case of an injury to Chris Middleton again or something like that, even though it was kind of a freak injury to begin with to have another guy that can go create his own shots in the half court because I think that was their big problem was their half court offense against the Celtics. They just didn't have anybody 
The other thing, though, if you did move on from Drew Holiday, is who's going to be able to come in and replace that defensive stopper that he's able to be on the perimeter against guys. I think Donovan Mitchell's a, a okay defender, a solid defender, but he's nowhere, obviously, on the level of Drew Holiday. So they'd have to bring in someone. Maybe it's a guy like Javon Carter and keep him around, but he struggles a little bit trying to run the point, so you'd need a another true point guard, and I don't think George Hill gave you enough of that to think that you could bring him back and he'd fill that role. So I think you could do it if that's what you wanted, and you say, we're going to try and fix our scoring problems and give Giannis another more elite scorer than what Drew Holiday is, but there's so much more than what Drew Holiday has than just scoring, so you'd have to fill it with multiple players. So you know, if you want to increase your scoring ability, go ahead. But at the same point, I'd be fine if they didn't because Drew Holiday gives you enough scoring and then gives you so much else otherwise. Yeah, and Bill Simmons, who made up this hypothetical trade, Donovan Mitchell for Drew Holiday, you know, like I said, did did say that John Horace should immediately hang up the phone. But part of that is then, too, is like the defense that Drew Holiday provides, as you guys have mentioned, Donovan Mitchell, at least in recent years in Utah, has been a zero defensively I know we don't see him as much as we see Trey Young who we see defensively as a huge liability but Donovan Mitchell has been that um I do like that Donovan Mitchell would be the you know seven years younger than Drew Holiday like that's that is worth a lot in the NBA especially because you know in two or three years when Drew Holiday is making 40 million is he still really good or is that just the pain that you have to endure to lock up a guy in his early 30s who's a huge, great player. I'm definitely not hanging up the phone immediately. Um, I would need to reshape the roster first before I would just also immediately say yes. So I'm going to say, mm I'm going to hang it up immediately. I'm going to say, hey, can I get back to you? I got to see what else I can do with my roster first to get a point guard, point guard, especially a defensive-minded one. Oh, I don't know, J- Javon Carter? No, but someone who could legitimately start. So um, I'm going to hang it up immediately, but... Something, uh, again, it's not a real trade scenario, but this is just one for fun. Okay, last NBA one for you. Jalen Brown and Chris Middleton are in the same tier of NBA player. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. Uh, I would say same tier. Same tier. I don't know. So maybe one is 16th and one is 19th. One is, but they're generally well, neither, like... Can, neither can one dribble, is... so that's they're in the non-dribble tier. I was just talking about this with Nick Costos that I think Brown has been the best player for them in this series. I'll say mm-hmm, tentatively, you know, kind of the same tier. I uh, just want to take this opportunity to rip on Jason Tatum some more. Okay, sure. Go I'm just, I, I mean, this this was going to be the playoffs of Jason Tatum, and he could still have a monster game tomorrow and a monster game uh, on Sunday if they take it that far and win the finals MVP, and all of a sudden he's the greatest, but... I just I'm so underwhelmed with watching him play. He is he's maybe one of the better players in the league once you give him the ball. But he's not creating anything. He's settling for jumpers. You know, he's he's if he wasn't as locked in on the on the threes that he is, it'd be a completely different story. I've been very disappointed for a guy who's basically trying to channel Kobe Bryant. I've been very disappointed with this lack of Mamba mentality. So I don't even know that he's the best player on his team right now. But back to your question, I'll say sure. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let me let me just add to that before I ask Toby. Would you put Jalen Brown a couple spots ahead of or a couple spots below Middleton if you had to do your, you know, your top twenty-five NBA players or whatever? Well, I feel like if I need, 
Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know because we, we always discredit Middleton again. I was just going to say, if I look at a guy before the game and say, no matter what it takes, I need 30 from you, then Jalen Brown's going to get you that 30. But Middleton can too. We just always undervalue. Like, we value Giannis. So yeah. we value him. But everybody else, we undervalue. Yes. Middleton and Drew, we just, we're always we're always saying, oh, well, Giannis is an A, and these guys are like Cs. Well, they're A minuses. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Give me Middleton. Toby. I, I, I've I've been on Middleton's train for so long. I am getting off. Okay, <laughs> Toby, Jalen Brown, and Chris Middleton are on the same tier of NBA players. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. Yeah, I'll say mm-hmm because they're both streaky. That you know, you can kind of see a little bit of similarities in how they are. At times, they can be really frustrating and disappear, but then times they can take over and look like a tier one level superstar and take over a game and win you important playoff games. So yeah, I think they're in a similar space. I think Chris Middleton has a better jumper. I think Jalen Brown's a little more explosive getting to the rim, but they're very similar in a lot of ways. And I think it's the streakiness at times that can make it so that I'd say they're in that same tier. If either one were to improve their consistency, which Chris Middleton, to his credit this year, was a lot more consistent when he played outside of, you know, when he got to the playoffs, he struggled in that Bulls series. I would have loved to have seen what he could have done in that Celtics series if he could have improved off of that. But, yeah, I think Chris Middleton, I would put a few spots ahead of Jalen Brown, but they're in that same sort of level at this point. Yeah, I'm guessing if we were to, you know, draft our top 25 NBA players right now, I think they're probably both in the 18 to 20 range I think I would I do know what you're saying Bart it's easy to the grass is green not only is Jalen Brown playing well really well in an NBA finals but Chris Middleton hasn't played in a month and a half and he was injured and he's been here for a long time so we undervalue him I actually saw by the way I was almost going to send this to you Bart but I know how you don't like to be uh texted during your show unless it's about your show I saw this it said there's a, uh, a picture going around on Twitter it said this was considered a fair trade in, in an NBA 2K14. It was a trade to Giannis and Chris Middleton to the Lakers. This is NBA 2K14 for Steve Blake and Chris Kamen. Wow. Giannis and Middleton. Was that a tweet? In, yeah. Yeah. Oh, send me that. That's fun. Okay. This is though. It's a I just trade I going... can't pontificate AEW with you during the show. Uh, fair enough. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. Steve Blake and Chris Kamen for Giannis and Middleton. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. No, so that was eight years ago. Obviously, a lot's changed. Um, I'm definitely going to say mm-hmm to Brown and Middleton being in the same tier. Um, I do understand the we watch so much Chris Middleton basketball. We watch, you know, I, I watch a ton of league pass. I like to watch Celtics. We're gonna we've just seen so much of Middleton that you're probably oh, give me something new. But I think across the league, you would say they're very equal. In the I want to respond to a tweet because I have to. Sure. Scott says, you don't want to talk about hypotheticals. Is that not like 69% of your job talking sports? Nice. Look, what I said was, I don't want to talk about hypotheticals when it comes to trading one of Middleton or Drew. Okay. I don't, I don't, I don't want to break them up. I don't, I want, I want Drew, Chris and Giannis and then build around them. So these hypotheticals where it's like, could there be a better option? I don't want to be tempted by the fruit of another. All right. I so I don't even don't even show me. If I was the I GM of the Bucks, I would say don't. I would say Justin Zanuck. Where is he? I think he's the Jazz. Jazz. Whoever the GM vice. Per, I'd say I'd say Alex Lazary. You handle all the phone calls now. 
And don't let any phone calls get through to me. Unless they're not offering one of the, you know, I, I keep my big three intact. He'd say, I'd love to, John, but I'm currently building a concert venue with my bare hands. <laughs> yep, absolutely. That's what okay. I'm saying. So speaking of hypotheticals for you and uh, your favorite topics, how about some MLB hypotheticals? Now that I'll play with. I'll play with all the hypotheticals. Okay. People Sounds people good. call me Mr. Hypothetical. I just don't want to break up the big three yet. That's funny. I've just never heard anyone call you Mr. Big Hypothetical or whatever it is. You yeah, explain. Mr. Hypothetical. No, you they call you Big Hypocritical. Hey, oh, shut the well. hell up. You are so confident in the Brewers' ability to develop pitchers that you would trade Brandon Woodruff for a young, controllable, top 30 position player. I'll give you some examples. These are all guys ranked in the top 30 in offensive stats. Kyle Tucker from the Astros, Jazz Chisholm from the Marlins, Austin Riley from the Braves, Pete Alonzo from the Mets. Four names for you to ponder. Brandon Wood, you're so confident in the Brewers, the depth at pitching and ability to develop other pitchers. Jason Alexander comes out of nowhere, has three really good starts. For example, Ethan Small has only had one game so far. You saw what Ashby is doing, like their, their depth. Because of that, you would trade Brandon Woodruff, who, by the way, in every in every advanced statistic, Woodruff has been a top 20 MLB pitcher for like the last three or four years. We're talking the top 20 consistent MLB pitcher. But you would trade Woodruff for one of those four young, controllable, offensive players. I just mm -hmm. don't like talking hypotheticals or, with the Brewers pitching. Okay, stop it and answer the question. All right, can you give me again? I have that no prep on this. Give me those names again, and I'll tell sure. you. I'll tell you name by name how I feel. I'm gonna. So I'm, I'm just gonna tell you that these are all top thirty. Yeah, but I want to go by names. name by name. I know. I hear you. Kyle Tucker, Astros outfielder. He's like 25 years old. No. Jazz Chisholm, Marlins, second base usually. Yeah, I might do that. Okay. Austin Riley, Braves, third baseman, outfielder. Ah, no. Pete Alonzo, Mets. I'll give him Woodruff and Peralta and then and, and Burns. So, yes. To, to, so, so yeah, with the right guy, I guess. Mm-hmm, with the right guy. I mean, if, if I could get Pete Alonzo. I mean, again, you're trading a top 20 pitcher for a top 30 position player is essentially what we're asking here. Dude, I don't know what to make of the Brewers right now because even we just looked at their last turn through the order. Everybody sucked. Everybody sucked. Hauser sucked. Ashby sucked. Burns sucked. They all but sucked. They don't, but, but you know they don't. Like, they're all very extreme. Like, they're very good. I know, but we thought, oh, they're never going to go on a long losing streak because the pitching will bail them out. Yeah, but you're the same guy who said, well, when Woodruff went down, no big deal. When Peralta went down, no big deal. You can't. You can't. Well, that's why they call here. me Big Hippopotamus. I call you the Big Flip Flop. Yeah. What did uh, you watch last night's game? Yes. I did. Okay. They're down three nothing. It was over. You knew it. They knew it. That's the problem. They knew it. I would say Toby. with the right guy, I would trade Woodruff. And again, like, yeah, it's it's, and I I only even offer the the suggestion of the topic because. The Brewers have incredible. Well, we gotta depth be talking pitching. about the right guy. You know, I, I I'm not doing I'm not doing these radio hits anymore where I'm being asked if would you trade Woodruff for Andrew Bianati because people don't know his name. Would you trade <laughs> Roger? Would you trade Rogers? Would you trade Woodruff for uh, who's some other loser? Albert Amora Jr. If you're gonna trade Woodruff, 
right now. Give me a lot of meat on that bone. Yeah. Don't just give me a guy because trade rumors has him as the last article. Give me a yeah, real you guy. A, you need a real young. I'm not trading Hank the dog's deceased bones for Andrew Benatendi. Give me a real guy. Yeah. yeah. Well said, I guess. Toby, you're so confident in the Brewers' depth at pitching and their ability to develop pitchers that you would actually trade Brandon Woodruff, a top 20 MLB pitcher, for a top 30 MLB position player. Kyle Tucker, Astros, Jazz Chisel, Marlins, Austin Riley, Braves, Pete Alonzo, Mets. Mm-hmm. Or mm-mm. Of those guys, Austin Riley, no, because I've only seen it for a season. Last year he batted 303. This year he's down to 250. Jazz Chisholm is intriguing, but I'd have to say no. This year he's batting 069 against lefties, Ooh. so I can't have an I can't Good have stat. another. I did not know that. I can't have another dude that can't hit lefties. Uh, Kyle Tucker, same sort of reason with Austin Riley, but I have more faith in Kyle Tucker being able to keep going. What he's going, he's playing well again this season. Pete Alonso for sure uh, is yeah. someone that I would consider. Generally, I would say no on this, though, Paul, so mm-mm. But if you do get the right guy, if it were a Pete Alonzo and it were just, say, straight up, I would consider it. It'd be really tough, though. The guy I've mentioned out of the pitching staff that I would move would be a guy like Hauser. So I'd be interested to see what the market value would be for a guy like Hauser. If you could get someone that is still going to be a solid bet, you know, say instead of getting a Pete Alonzo or one of these top tier guys, you get someone that's, you know, a couple tiers down, but still probably the the best or second best hitter on the Brewers for trading a guy like Hauser. I'd prefer to do that because I think when contracts come up, say Pete Alonzo keeps going at the rate he's going, he's going to get a big contract. But if you bring in one of these guys, the Brewers were able to afford a guy like Christian Yelich. If Brandon Woodruff ever hit the free market and you were trying to sign a pitcher like him, there's no chance. So that's why I have a tough time saying trade pitching. So generally the answer is mm -mm, unless it's a perfect situation on who you're getting. Yeah, and obviously I did frame the question, so I'm I'm the one who's just so – so confident in their depth currently as well as their inability their their ability to develop pitchers coming up here that it's like man you know you don't want to get greedy you don't want to get you know make assumptions that they can just do this forever and find guys because by the way drew rasmussen in tampa who they traded willie adamas for is awesome i don't know if anyone's aware of that no tim told us last year tim allen he said i the rays might have won this trade i said shut the front door and now uh, Rasmussen has been great. Well, it doesn't mean that the Rays or the Brewers won the trade. I mean, Adamas had a great year last year. I'm still very confident in his future. But, like, that's another guy who the Brewers just had who is extremely good. He's top 15, top 10 in the American League in a lot of pitching categories. So it's like, here's another one that they just had. that They were so deep that they said, okay, I guess we'll get a starting shortstop for the next six years in exchange for one of our plentiful amount of arms sitting out there in, in our system. So, um yeah, I, I, I was most intrigued among the names as I went through the list. Kyle Tucker and Pete Alonzo uh, with Austin Riley probably in third place and Jazz in fourth place. Who, Bart, you resonated with, but Toby, wow. 069 against lefties, great stuff. Well, I got some Jazz rookie cards, so I'm kind of rooting on him. Well, also, he's, like, so fun to watch. Yeah. Like, he's, he's awesome. Oh, he's incredible. All right. All right, I came up with this one that is super stupid, but I want to open up trade negotiations with Washington Nationals GM Toby Altizer. Mm. Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, and a top three Brewers prospect for Juan Soto, Toby. Mm-hmm or mm-mm. 
Well, uh, what? Just let's get nuts. Just have fun for a minute. I say no. You you and the Brewers line say mm-mm? I, ain't tr- I don't know. Dude. All right, Bart, then recraft your offer for Soto <laughs> while Toby ponders this. For Soto? Soto, give him your best offer before he hangs up on you for asking Oof. such a dumb Soto question. Yeah, he'd probably he'd probably want Burns though. I, I mean, definitely want. You're not, you're not anything, getting Woodrow. You don't want Woodrow it, for Soto. If Burns isn't on the table, then I'm hanging up immediately. That's exactly right. You have to have Burns. I mean, I, I I hear you, GM Toby. Like you have to have Burns on the table, Bart. Because right, even if I said Burns, Hauser, Lauer, Peralta. No, no. If I said Woodruff, Hauser, Lauer, you you want None Burns. Of, you gotta have Burns. Oh man. So let's keep let's keep the negotiations going, Toby. So you got Burns on the table, so you're not hanging up on me. I appreciate that. You can pick one of my top three. I'd have to get system. either Sal Freelick or Joey Weimer. Yep, take your pick. Jeez, well, what am I getting? You have no pitching. You're getting Juan Soto. <laughs> yeah, I I still don't I still don't think if you're Washington you can do something you guys like still that. Have Bryce Harper. <laughs> do you still have Ryan Zimmerman? Yeah. You want Ryan Zimmerman? Yeah. Toby, craft your counter. Gosh, dude, this is tough. This is like telling me. This is Burns? like telling me to come up with the Green Bay trade for Terry McLaurin. How about Burns and Peralta for Juan Soto and the rights to use Montreal Expos logos? <laughs> uh, it would take Burns. It would take probably a guy like Aaron Ashby that's young and that I could see. Maybe it's Freddie Peralta. Either one. I'm going to need one of those. I'm going to need yep. probably. I might need Weimer and. Freelick. Oh my God! For so, come on. Soto is a, a guy that's going to go f- probably be the highest paid player outside yeah. of Mike Trout. He's you know he, Burns, dude. He's going to get paid five hundred million. He's going to get paid five hundred million. He is going to get five hundred million dollars. Yes. Like, there's no. So I don't even know that a trade is possible at this point it's not, for one It's Soto. not. This is just we're doing MLB. Like, the show. I, I, I just don't. I don't know if there's anything that you could give me. Outside of basically your entire roster flip flopping, so that I can have success in DC, that I would consider like there's no way. <laughs> yeah, Bar, you were out a while ago though. So even like you you backed out of this a while ago. You you hung up on yourself. Corbin Burns for Juan Soto. The, the thing, the and reason Ryan Horvath. The, <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's actually it's Burns and Altizer. No, I ain't trading Toby. No, well, Toby you get Horvy back. No, I don't care. He wants to go home. He wants to go home. <laughs> oh, well, if he Devontae's his way out of here, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go be back with my best friend. Uh, I don't know who's in D.C. anymore at this point. I don't know. Terry McLaurin. Yeah. A lot, of, a lot of Milwaukee radio hosts are there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's it. I'm glad we had good trade negotiations. Have a good Friday. Is it Friday? Today's not Friday. It's Wednesday. Holy have buckets. Good... Are you have Rami on? I think something threw me off that you have Rami coming up. Yeah, Rami's later, and then... Uh... Who knows? That's usually Thursdays. Usually yeah, Rami's we're like... kind of doing like a fan grab week. Yeah. He did the big show yesterday, and I've done Toby, every I show. Vo- Toby, I, Toby, I voted for you on draft mockery. That was a runaway, buddy. Thank you. I need my that first was, that win. That was an easy, easy condiments draft. Oh, easy. All right. See ya. All right. Bye, guys. Paul Imig joining us. Great Midwest Bank hotline. If you you're better, applying you bet. for a oh. home renovation loan and you're a bit anxious, breathe like Great Midwest Bank help you experience a state of tranquility gets started at greatmidwestbank.com today. Let's talk more about those brewers. Because, I, I mean, I think a lot of people that are asking me questions are trying to trade from the pitching staff. And I don't like it, but maybe I'm wrong. More next.
Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 